Let me know if this sounds like you. You're a teacher who's at their wits end, burned out, or maybe you're just stressed to the max. You want to get on the road to burnout recovery, but you don't know what to do, how to get there, or if it's even possible. I hear you and I want to help, but we didn't get into burnout on the same path. So why should recovery be any different? That's why I wanted to share with you a brand new free resource that I have on my website. It's called the Personalized Roadmap to Teacher Burnout Recovery. In this quick, less than five minute quiz, you'll answer questions that will help identify your needs, your strengths, and your weaknesses. Once you've completed it, you will have access to the personalized roadmap to burnout recovery that's going to give you your next best steps to take on your recovery journey, packed with resources and support along the way. Head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash quiz or head over to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see your action steps along the way. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, hey, teacher friends. Welcome back to episode 43 of the Resilient Teacher Podcast. This is the third episode in the sustainability series, and we've talked about a lot of stuff thus far in the series, and we haven't even broke the ice yet. We've taken a look at nervous system dysregulation, how we can really hack our stress responses in the classroom, which is a huge thing. We've also looked at the mindsets that have been holding a lot of teachers back from experiencing sustainability in their careers, and I want to let you guys know, I've been trying to do this series to take you on a journey that I feel like is necessary to recognizing where your holes in sustainability are for you. And I think a lot of people can agree, you know, we have a system that's broken, like our education system. And James Clear once said, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. And that's a really really powerful reminder. But what's even more important to remember is that we can create our own systems in our careers, in our classrooms. We have that power. Creating systems doesn't have to be this daunting task. It can actually be really fun and really rewarding. And that's why in this episode, I'm going to share with you how systems work to really reduce that stress, that burnout. And then we're going to segue into a chat with my guest, Sarah Marie, to talk about the power of personalizing our systems in lesson planning. So let's jump right in. Hey there, and welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, the podcast giving overwhelmed and burned out teachers inspiration, sustainable strategies, and reigniting passion for teaching. I'm Brittany, a special education teacher and teacher resilience and retention strategist, and I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize their self-care routines so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life as an educator while making a bigger impact in their classrooms and communities. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, mindset shifts, and discussing hot topics in teacher resilience with other knowledgeable experts so that you can ditch the overwhelm, prevent burnout, and create the life you've been dreaming about. So let's get started, and let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. Before we get into this episode, I want to give a community reviewer of the week shout out to Lisa Leet, who left a five-star review on Apple Podcast. She says, 
love this podcast. I am a BTSA induction mentor, and I always suggest for my candidates to listen to this podcast so they can set themselves up for success when entering this field. Veteran teachers can also apply this as well as she gives simple tips to make your life easier. Let's be honest, teaching is amazing, but it's also really hard. This podcast gives realistic tips to help keep you from burning out. And I just want to say, Lisa, this review means everything to me because the truth is I never want any teacher to feel alone. I don't want them to just have to figure it out themselves and feel like failures in this field because of a lack of support, a lack of mindset, a lack of tools. That's totally what this podcast is for. And I'm so So very appreciative of you sharing it with your mentees. And hey, you know, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I would love it if you subscribed and followed along, especially for this series, because these next juicy episodes are going to change the game for you, no doubts about it. And if you've been following for a while, I would love it if you left a review on Apple Podcasts, shared your favorite episodes in your stories, or just sent this episode to a teacher friend who may need it, because I truly, truly, truly want to support teachers who love the profession, but just need help in making it a sustainable career long term. And when I first started teaching, I thought I had to follow like this cookie cutter system of doing things. And over time, like as I entered virtual teaching, I realized, number one, those systems, they weren't for me. I didn't like them. I never felt accomplished. And number two, I didn't really have a system for adding all these random things to my plate that were added each year. Good systems are not about the product. They're actually about the process. The process of creating systems is what allows us to identify our strengths, our weaknesses, learn from mistakes, and we can continually improve. It's about being intentional with our actions and constantly striving to do better without burning ourselves out. Systems are simply these routines or these processes that help simplify and streamline our tasks. By creating a system for each task, we can spend less time worrying about what needs to be done and more time, you know, actually doing it. Now, in future episodes, we're going to tackle some of the ways that we can automate those processes that don't really, you know, move the needle forward for kids, but we may actually be tasked with in ways that don't really require us even lifting a finger. But before we are able to really talk about creating these automation systems, I feel like it's more effective to go into how we can create these systems for the important tasks first, those priorities. By prioritizing really the systems that are going to have the most impact on our kids, we can ensure that our time and energy is really being spent in the most effective way possible. And one of the most important tasks that we can create systems for is lesson planning. As we all know, every student is unique, but we're unique individuals too. And that's why I had to bring Sarah Marie to the show to talk more about these mindset shifts needed and the five steps to creating a personalized lesson planning system that will save you time because She's the lesson planning guru. Sarah Marie has over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher. She was also a school administrator. Now she's the CEO of the Stellar Teacher Company and a literacy specialist passionate about helping elementary teachers around the world grow their students into lifelong readers. Sarah's mission is to make teachers' lives a little easier by providing them with endless encouragement, effective strategies, and engaging no-fluff resources. Yes, girl. Sarah is also the host of the Stellar Teacher Podcast, where she loves to share her favorite literacy tips each week. Welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, Sarah. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast because I just love 
what you do to encourage educators. And you know, I'm all for that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brittany. I am so excited. I, I love connecting with other podcasters and same. I mean, I feel like it's just, you've got such a good platform to encourage and support teachers. So I'm excited that I get to be a guest on your show today. Yes. So I already introduced you like officially, but I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Just tell the audience a little bit about your teacher journey, like how you ended up sharing teacher encouragement tips, all of that good stuff online. Absolutely. So I am currently the creator behind the Stellar Teacher Company and the host of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. But before I started doing that full time, I have worked as a first grade teacher, a second grade teacher, a fourth grade teacher. I spent four years working as a literacy coach. I spent three years working as an assistant principal. I feel like I've done a little bit of everything in the school system. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I come from a family of educators. I feel like it's in my genes. It's genetic. And I have always loved working in the field of education. And I've always been drawn to opportunities that have allowed me to really extend my impact and my reach. And so after a few years working as an assistant principal, I had the chance to step away from working in the school, like an actual school building and, you know, really start my own business um, that focuses on supporting teachers. So now I have a podcast that comes out every Monday. I have a reading membership site where I support upper elementary teachers and I've created hundreds of resources for, for teachers to use. And I, I love it. I feel so fortunate that I get to do something that I love and still continue to support teachers and work in education. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm just listening to your story and there, you did so many things. <laughs> You've done I was so a bit of a job hopper for, for a while. I, it was a couple of years here, a couple of years there, but it, it was great. Yeah. So, and I always ask teachers who come onto the show because, you know, I'm all about burnout, talking about it, making sure that you know, teachers are aware of that because it's, it's really was never talked about before. Um, but do you, do you have like a unique experience with burnout? Like, have you ever been burned out? Have you ever been in a school where you noticed the impact of burnout? Can you tell us like a little bit about kind of what you've experienced as far as burnout? Yeah. I mean, I think kind of like to your point, I feel like I experienced burnout before I knew what it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the, the, you know, I think I've probably actually experienced burnout at multiple points, at multiple points in my career, you know, especially early on, which I think is very common for new teachers. But specifically when I was working as an assistant principal, I got to a point where I was, I mean, I reached my limit. I, you know, the, the job of an assistant principal is very demanding. So thank your assistant principal. Yes. Um, it was great. I loved the experience, but I sort of had reached my limit. You know, I was working 12 to 14 hour days. I took work home with me on nights and the weekends. I was also in grad school full time. And my, my job was literally all consuming and it was all consuming to the point where also like I was, I was never, you know, it's just like you're on this hamster wheel and you can't get off of it. But I, I've always loved what I do. And I've always loved, you know, I love teaching. I love being an assistant principal. I loved supporting teachers. I love interacting with parents and students. And I just remember getting to this point where I was like, there's no joy in what I am doing anymore. And I didn't have the energy that I once had. I, you know, sort of was just really apathetic towards what I was doing. Um, and I started to just to notice that I was like, you know, I, and for me personally, I've always viewed my job in education as like 
this service. You know, I just, I feel like it's my personal calling. I know some teachers feel that way. Not every teacher does, but I just started to feel like the work that I was doing was no longer as significant or impactful because I was mentally and emotionally exhausted and really unhealthy. Um, and so I started to just have like a lot of resentment towards work, which for me was like this huge red flag that like, okay, I can't continue doing this for the rest of my career and I need to make some changes. Um, Ultimately, I set a lot of really big boundaries <laughs> in terms of good, like, good for you. you know, like I, I was just like, I can't, you know, it's like it becomes unsustainable. So it's just like, okay, work in terms of like the number of hours I can work, like what I can do, what I can't do. Um, I went to therapy, which was huge um, and really helped me figure out sort of like what my next steps were. Um, and I just started to make me more of a priority over work. And ultimately, you know, getting to that point of burnout was kind of the start of the catalyst that did push me to step away from working in a school building and, you know, sort of gave me that push to grow my own education business. But um, yeah, it's like, I, it's just, burnout is a hard thing. And even, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm not immune to it. Even working, I've been, I've been doing this full time now since what, 2018. And I've definitely experienced seasons of burnout in, you know, working as a, an entrepreneur. So um, I feel like people go through cycles of it, but I, I feel for teachers that are in that season of where it's just, or, I don't know, burnt out's the only way to describe it. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and when I was listening to your story, like you, you cited therapy, which, you know, every single person <laughs> that I bring onto the show, they've all said it. They've yeah. all been to therapy. And I think there's such this, there's this big, you know, thing about, well, I don't want to go to therapy because that makes me look weak or whatever. But I, I think just hearing other teachers and their experience with burnout really gives that validation, that that support to be like, you know what, it's okay for me to go get help. And just listening to your story of how many things you did, I have also done some of those things as well. And so I hear you say, well, I, I was this and then I went to this. And it was like you were trying to find what was going to be aligned to your values, aligned to your strengths and all of that. So big props to you for making the changes that you needed in order to feel more aligned to what you were doing. Well, thank um, you. And I was going to say that's actually one of the things that like my my therapist, when I was going through therapy at this time, like that's one of the things that she sort of like asked me. She's like, what do you value? And is your job aligned to your values? It's like so often we make decisions in our career for these like perks and benefits. She's like, but mm -hmm. if those perks, you know, it's like if summer's off is not a value to you, then like it doesn't matter if you get summer's off as a teacher, exactly. you know, whatever it is. And so it's just like it it definitely sort of made me reevaluate what really was important to me um, and allowed me to, like I said, make some changes that were for the better. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, teachers, especially burned out teachers, they say, you know, well, my, I don't have enough time. I don't have time to do this. Time management's this big thing. And like I'm sure you've heard as well. And so many of the teachers that I work with talk about how much time they just don't have to get things done that they need to, which I'm all over like how to change your mindset with that, you know, because it's definitely a constant. But time always seems like there's never enough of as an educator, when it comes to lesson planning, you know, is there something that we can do to kind of reduce the amount of time that we spend lesson planning? Absolutely. And I am like, uh, I'm, I love anything related to mindset. <laughs> um, I was fortunate enough a couple years ago to work with a life coach who specializes in productivity 
And it totally sort of shifted the way I approach, you know, and I am, I'm guilty. And I was one of those teachers who was like, oh my gosh, I don't have enough time. I never have enough time. I never have enough time. Um, and so I, I get it. I remember feeling like that. Even now I have to catch myself. because I'm like, wait a minute. No, this is not true. But one of my biggest takeaways from working with my life coach was that our actions are a direct reflection of the thoughts that we think. And so if as a teacher, you are constantly telling yourself, I never have enough time to get everything done, or, you know, I'm so overwhelmed or whatever it is, if that message is running through your brain, it is eventually going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy and you won't have enough time because that is the message that you're telling yourself. And ultimately, you're going to then stay in this cycle of working nights and weekends and constantly feeling like you're behind and you're on that teacher hamster wheel and you can't get off because the messages that you've been telling yourself are, I don't have enough time. And, and if you're like, there's no way changing, you know, it's like, I, I feel like teachers sometimes hear this and they're like, really, it's as simple as changing your mindset. And obviously there's other things that you can do, but ultimately if you want a different outcome and a different result, you have to change the way you think about it. And so when I talk with teachers, like in my reading membership or some of the things I've talked about on my podcast is if you want to spend less time planning and prepping your lessons, you have to start thinking about them differently. And I really think that there's like three mindset shifts that if teachers make, that's like the, a big first step in saving time. And I think the first thing is you need to start telling yourself, I have enough time. You know, I have enough time to get the important things done and start, you know, messaging yourself that like, okay, I can get these important things done. Um, the other thing that I think is really important is for teachers to, to remind themselves and to start telling themselves that my lessons don't need to be perfect in order to be effective. Because I think we have a lot of recovering yes. or current perfectionists in the education field. And that if, you, if you're constantly striving per, for perfection, you're going to spend a lot more time working on your lesson. So you have to just tell yourself, first of all, I can be an effective teacher without having these perfect or ideal lesson plans. Amen. And then, yeah. And then the third thing that I think is important to start telling yourself this is my nights and weekends are my own time. And again, I think teachers feel this like sense of obligation. And I think it comes from a great place and like a teacher's heart and this wanting to do well. But I think they have the sense of like, I owe it to my school or my jobs or my principal or whatever it is to where they're willing to sacrifice their nights and their weekends for the sake of their jobs and their profession. And if you start to tell yourself, no, my nights and my weekends are my own time, you know, and my lessons don't need to be perfect to be effective. And I have enough time to get things done. When you start telling yourself these things, you're going to start approaching lesson planning and lesson prepping and all of the behind the scenes work differently because you're changing the way you think about it. Golly, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Just tons of kudos to you for all of that, because I, that is my idea and like my mindset around lesson planning in general and really just time in the, in the terms of time, you know, uh, when I've talked online specifically about saving time, doing certain things, teachers say, well, if I don't spend that time, it's just not going to be quality stuff, you know, like that mindset that they have. So what do you say to teachers who have that mindset? Yeah, I, I get it because I am a recovering perfectionist and I felt this need. You know, it's like as teachers, we want our lessons to be good. We want our classrooms to be beautiful and Instagram worthy. We want to have amazing parent relationships. We want our principal to think highly of us. 
But we have this idea that in order to achieve all those things, that means we need to work longer hours. And the reality of it is, is it's not a direct trade, right? Like the longer hours you work does not guarantee all of these things. And you can have all of those things while spending less time. And so I think, you know, again, it's a mindset shift, realizing that like you can have high quality lessons, you can have all these, you know, wonderful and amazing things, but that does not mean that you have to spend hours working after the school day ends or on the weekends. It, you know, really just means that you have to approach the way you get your work done a little bit differently. And you might have to change up your system for lesson planning and you might have to, you know, modify some of your, you know, the, just like how you use your time during the day. Um, so there's, you can definitely have both. Um, so I think it's not, not, it's, we have this idea that like longer hours means more success. And so I think first of all, like separating yourself from that mindset that the longer I work, the more successful I'm going to be and accept the fact that you can be an amazing teacher without having to sacrifice your nights and weekends. Amen. I, I completely agree. And I, th I think, you know, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but the, the good teacher narrative that is around is such one that needs to be broken. It needs to, Absolutely. we have to change our mindset around that so that we can start changing the system because it's a ripple effect. If we can change how we think about it and we set that precedent and we come to our, you know, our administrators or we're in meetings and we are like exemplifying those things, then we're going to have this change that a teacher is going to say, hey, you know, she doesn't spend her nights and weekends. Maybe I can do that too. How do you do that? And then you start having these conversations and it becomes this ripple effect that changes the entire system. So amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> I always love it when I can talk with someone else who's like as excited about like mindset stuff because it really, yeah. it, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, there's that cheesy phrase, like the power of positive thinking. Right. But it's like, the reality of it is, it's like our brain is a very powerful tool and the messages that it sends us really does have an impact on our actions. Yes. And it, and, and our perceptions of how yeah. the world is, you know, oh gosh, I, I could talk about this for <laughs> For hours. But, you know, one of the things that I am a huge proponent for is individualization for teachers and their burnout journey. Like, I'm a huge proponent. I am a special ed teacher at heart. <laughs> and so I think that oftentimes teachers struggle with not receiving, you know, that autonomy to do the things that they need to do as an educator. So it becomes just really not aligned to who they are. Like you were talking about that before about how, you know, you were changing and I was noticing, oh, maybe that just wasn't aligned to who she was, you know, but you're the queen of lesson planning, you know, that's a, like that's a, that's a big title. I'll take it though, but <laughs> yes, go ahead. Just go put that crown on. <laughs> so what's the first step that we would take if we were personalizing a lesson planning system for us? Yeah. So there's, there's actually like a couple of things that I think are really important for teachers to do in terms of sort of personalizing the way that they approach lesson planning with the end goal of, I want to save time and get my nights and weekends back and feel really good about what I'm teaching. And I think the first thing that teachers sometimes like forget to do, but is really important is identify your personal lesson planning preferences. You know, it's like lesson planning is a part of teaching, like it or not. It's not the most glamorous part of teaching. It's not the most fun part, but like you have to have an objective. You have to have materials. Like you have to have a plan if you're going to be successful. Yeah. And so you need to have time to create those plans. And so, you know, you want to think about what sort of environment do you need to have in order to be the most efficient with your lesson plans? You know, you don't want your planning to take up your 
entire like nights, all of your nights, all of your weekends. And so you need to really think about when am I the most efficient and what do I need to have in place to be the most efficient and then really lean into those things. So like being able to figure out like, when do you plan the best? Are you better at planning in the morning or in the afternoon? You know, it's like, I know some teachers are like, I have to get to work early and I have to stay late. But like, if you're not effective after school, don't stay late because you're just going to be wasting your time, but get to school, maybe 20 minutes early, 30 minutes early, because you know, you're fresh and you can get twice as many things done. You know, think about, do you, I was always one of those teachers. My desk had to be clean before I could sit down to lesson plan, you know? So it's like, don't, don't be like, well, I'm just going to get this done, but your desk is a mess and therefore you're distracted and not getting your tasks done. You know, so little things like that, whether it's like, are you a paper planner or a pencil planner? You know, can you, uh, or a, a paper pencil or a digital planner? Like, you know, do you, can you type your lesson plans or do you need to handwrite them? Do you plan better personally by yourself or do you do better with a team? Do you need to have like certain music playing? Like what materials do you have to have? Like really just sort of think about like what needs to be in place in order for you to have the most efficient lesson planning time. So I think that's like a really good place to start. Yeah. I I agree. Like, and I was just thinking about this. So like I have my individualized educare framework and you were mentioning, you know, your preferences. That's evaluation for like when we're going through the burnout journey, that's evaluating like what is your, what are your preferences? What are your likes, your dislikes, your strengths, your weaknesses, all of those things that really allow you to then develop the plan. So yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, so like, you know, cause I think here's the other thing, like that's like the very first, like that's like the tip of the iceberg. So it's like once teachers have identified their lesson planning preferences, then they can really like zip through the planning process and be really efficient. But I think another thing that really helps teachers with like efficiency when it comes to creating and planning and preparing their lesson plans is to really think about how you can incorporate like easy to plan systems for the various parts of your instructional day. You know, this is not only going to make it easy for you to teach, but it's going to be easy for you to plan. So like, for example, maybe you have a specific vocabulary routine that you do every day and it takes 10 minutes and this is how you introduce prefixes and suffixes and context clues and Greek and Latin roots. And all you have to plan for it then is, you know, because you have this routine in place and it's the same sort of set of steps that your students are doing, you just have to find a new word or a new, you know, suffix or a new root word, whatever it is. Um, or for small groups, I, there's this, it's, I call it the 4T model, but it is for small groups where teachers are going to target the skill. They're going to teach the skill. They're going to tackle the skill and they're going to transfer the skill. But having a system like that for your small groups makes it easy to teach your small groups, but it also makes it really easy for you to plan and prepare because you're not trying to think about how am I going to teach these objectives? You have the how figured out because you have a system in place and then you just need to find the materials to like supplement that. So take some time to really think about how can I sort of create systems and routines for each part of my instructional day? And then that is going to help accelerate the time that it takes for you to plan for each part of your day as well. Yes. So when it comes to like really simplifying lesson plans, like lesson planning process, do you have anything that you offer that really supports teachers in cutting down their time with lesson planning? So I was going to say, so a couple things. One, one, if teachers like ultimately want to save like the most time, I would encourage them and invite them to come check out our reading membership site. It is for upper elementary teachers, third through fifth grade. And we literally have ready to plan print lesson plans and materials for pretty much every third through fifth grade reading standard. Um, So you'd really be spending zero time planning. It's a great way to save time. But beyond that, I do have 
quite a few literacy routines similar to the ones that I kind of just mentioned. Um, and you can find those in my Teachers Pay Teachers store. But I also have a free small group guide um, that walks teachers through how to use this 4T model for their small group. So again, if they're wanting to really sort of like save time with you know, small groups, it gives them a very easy to follow system. And then they just have to plug in, you know, what's the objective I'm teaching, you know, what material, you know, what passage do I need, whatever it is. Um, so I do have that as a free resource as well. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm going to get the links from you and then I'm going to put those in the show notes. That way people can go and check those out because I know that so many teachers are looking for ways to simplify their lesson planning. They're trying to figure out what is the best way. And your membership sounds like something that would really support a lot of educators. So they need to be. They need well, to know about that. I was going to say, I, um, like I said, I've, I know what it's like. I've worked the long nights. I've worked the long weekends. And so I want to do whatever I can to help give teachers their time back. And so if I can write your lesson plans for you and create the materials, I am happy to do that. So that way you don't have to. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to put the links for those in the show notes. Awesome. That way you can go Thank and you. check um, those out. But for those listeners who are like, yes, yes, that's what I need. I need, I need more of Sarah Marie. Like, <laughs> can you tell them where they can find you? Like, um, about your podcast, the Stellar Teacher Podcast. Can you tell them a little bit about that and where to find Absol you? Absolutely. So I, um, host the Stellar Teacher Podcast. We have new episodes that come out every Monday. And so you can find me wherever you like to listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, I'm everywhere. Um, and then I seriously love connecting with teachers and what, whatever questions they have, whether it's about reading, lesson planning, you know, burnout or, you know, Great Danes coffee, you know, running <laughs> beaches, whatever, anything, books. I love reading books. So anyways, I love chatting with teachers. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the Stellar Teacher Company. Um, and then everything can be found on my website, which is StellarTeacher.com. Awesome. And I'll put the links for those down in the show notes as well. So they can just click over and go hang out with you. Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on to the show, talking about how we can. I loved your burnout journey, listening to that story and how you kind of transitioned into doing your own thing. And now you're helping so many educators. And so thank you for coming and sharing your work with me. Absolutely. This was a great conversation. Thanks for having me, Brittany. So just to recap, systems are one of the tools and actions that we can take to help create this sustainable, fulfilling teaching career. Our mindset, our support, and our actions, they all play a role in building these systems that can alleviate that stress, that burnout, and can really impact our job satisfaction. Personalizing this process is really the key because lesson planning and curriculum design is such an impactful part of our jobs. And so we had to jump in on that first with Sarah. In this next episode in the series, we're going to be cracking the code into things that can work without us ever lifting a finger. So make sure that you're following along with the podcast so you can get updates on when the next episode goes live. If you're at this place where you want to stop working your nights and weekends, you want to get back 10 to 20 hours of the time that you're spending outside of your contract hours on all these different tasks, eliminate these time-wasting tasks, get that work-life balance you crave and simplify your workload. I invite you to join the waitlist for my upcoming course, Automate Your Classroom, where I'm going to be walking you through the step-by-step -step process of how to really reflect on what is not working, what is working for your sustainability. I'm going to give you assessments to determine which components you need to simplify, as well as take you on this personalized journey to creating a system that's going to work best for your classroom. From there, we're going to give you the tools that you need to develop automations, even if you have no technology background, which are going to allow you to create the system from scratch tailored to your specific needs, giving you that energy, that capacity to do the tasks and teaching that 
actually move the needle forward and impact your students and their growth. I'm really excited to offer this because inside there's a comprehensive automation tech vault that's going to include templates for automated emailing to parents, colleagues, automated grading, co-planning, lesson planning, curriculum mapping, data tracking, progress monitoring, parent communication documentation, literally so much I can't even name it all. You can learn more and get on the wait list at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash automate your classroom. This is also going to be in the show notes for this episode, which is teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash episode 43. Don't forget, you are a resilient teacher. We're in this together and you've got this. Before you go, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast to check out any links, freebies, and resources discussed in this episode so that you can start recovering from or preventing burnout and reigniting your passion for teaching. If you liked this episode and it helped you or made you think in any way, I know it will be for other educators too. So subscribe and leave a review so more educators can find this community as well. Did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the teachers in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tap me and post it in your stories. What do you say that we start creating a trail for more teachers around us so that we can start to make the change in the system of education, how teachers are seen and respected, and for ourselves? I look forward to connecting with you more on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to chat more about burnout, resilience, and teacher support. I'll see you in the next episode.